I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Non-Human Biologics, the podcast that gets its legs cut off and it grows weird tentacles instead. Oh. We're back with more X-Files uh, with a very intense episode this week, um, which I, I don't think is a particularly like great from a plot perspective, but like everything... It's one of these situations where I think like all of the sum of its parts is like higher than mm-hmm. the whole, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know there how... There is some good filmmaking i guess is how exactly yeah yeah they they are so many fantastic scenes in this yeah i don't really give a shit about the plot to be honest but um the music the lighting just the camera work like everything in this episode just seems like they were like really pushing it up a notch to capture that sense of tension and i they nailed it they absolutely nailed it like i had a a blast watching this one last night it was it was a lot of fun uh before we get too far into the episode we're going to thank our patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week they donate a small amount of money every month to be able to get early copies of this podcast as well as uh access to our community discord server which is super fun times where you can you can access all of uh, mine and Chris's personal information. More, mostly mostly yep. mine. I'm way, way more active mm-hmm. on the Discord than Chris is. But yeah, I'll put my address in there if you guys want it. Sure, it's no problem. Uh, everybody go visit Chris. <laughs> yeah, come on by. You want to remind us what's been happening on the X-Files? Uh, apparently I only wrote half of this. I was just reading through this. I guess I just stopped halfway. and didn't, Whatever, but you'll get the idea. Last time on the X-Files, Scully's problematic ex-boyfriend gets killed and possibly possessed by one of the horniest wife guys to ever guy a wife. As usual, Mulder jumps in uh, or jumps to the least likely scenario and yet is also still 100% right about what's going on. That's all I wrote. Perfect. I love it. Um, we are talking about X-Files, Season 1, Episode 16, Young at Heart. Mulder is being stalked by someone from his past. John Barnett, a criminal whom he played a large part in capturing, has returned to get revenge. Again, my source on these episode descriptions, I think, are not very great. It's two sentences there. Not, not a whole lot to go mm. with. Hmm. Um, we're going to start out at the Tajmu Federal Correctional Facility in 1989. Yeah, Don't you love when you get all the, the nitty-gritty details and you need almost none of them? Yeah, The, the word Tajmu doesn't appear again in this episode, but, nope. I, but I sure wrote it down in Mitch. 1989 though 1989 that, that is important it is important it's an important album i think for most people uh i think so yeah dr taylor allison swift is uh is a genius and everybody knows it yeah yeah is that her middle name 
I, 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 I honestly, I just heard people call her Dr. Taylor Allison <laughs> Swift, so I hope I hope that's her middle name. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we see a uh, we're at this correctional facility. It's late at night, and we see this one inmate. He's he's in a wheelchair, and he suddenly hears screams. So he goes to investigate. Uh, and he kind of ro- he goes down the hallway, and then eventually he like looks into an operation room, and he sees who we've—it's his buddy John Barnett—is being operated on. Uh, and the doctor kind of turns back to him and says, "Like, go away. He's dead. Get out of here." Um, but the inmate is like, "I just heard him screaming. He's not dead." Uh, but he's basically threatened at knife point, at scalpel point, to buzz off and go away. But the whole time, the quote-unquote dead guy uh, on the operating table is staring at him and just starts blinking. So something's up. And he's got weird milky eyes as well. We should, we should point that out. He's got weird milky eyes. Yeah. We get our intro, uh, something about believing, something I don't really quite remember what the end of the thing it says, but something about believing. Uh, and then we jump something. into the present day. Uh, Mulder and Scully arrive on a crime scene uh, where Mulder got a hot tip. Uh, but Scully's like, this just seems like a jewelry heist to me. Uh, this is where we meet Reggie, Mulder's old friend, mm-hmm. um, who's another FBI agent. And he has a piece of evidence that will blow your mind. And as All he right. shows it to Mulder, Mulder, his mind is blown. Dude starts freaking his out a little bit. Definitely blown immediately. Um, um, and it's a, it's a link back to Mulder's very first case on the Force. Yes, uh, this was. Do you call it the Force when it's the FBI? Yeah, yeah, I think it's still the Force. Okay, yeah, because yeah, they they because they're forcing us to do things against because they world. execute their force. Yeah. yeah. Um, so back then they were they were trying to uh, track this guy down, John Barnett, and he was doing these heists where jewelry store robberies where he would often just kill people just he didn't give a shit um and he was so successful that it seemed like he definitely had an inside contact they tried to set up uh, like a sting operation get him on the inside but it didn't it didn't quite go the way that they expected it to it didn't but the entire time that this was happening he was leaving Mulder or all of them taunting notes yeah they were he was leaving these 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 ta- these 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 notes about the fox because that's fo- that's mm-hmm. Mulder's first name um they eventually catch and so this, with this one we we found a note right yes Did we talk about the note we found here fox can't guard the chicken coop uh they eventually catch the dude but uh it mm. like we an fbi agent lost their life uh like and the dude got 300 years of prison time and notably died in prison four years ago so we like yeah we don't the dude is dead uh Mulder takes this note to a handwriting expert in the fbi um who wants to get into Mulder's pants real bad they're flirting hard they're flirting real hard uh but she says that 90 with 95% certainty this is Barnett's handwriting. Um and we we see some video surveillance of them uh of the of the the time that they actually took down Barnett. This is Reggie yeah, so this is like, showing you know, four years ago or, or ten years ago, whatever it was, yeah. you know, when, when this happened. Um this is yeah, Reggie showing Scully's Scully watching this. the footage. Yeah. Um and we see basically uh, Barnett gets out of a truck. Uh, he has a hostage. There's FBI agents in front of him, and then Mulder comes around the back. So he has a clean shot. Uh, but the FBI's rules about this stuff is to never recklessly endanger a hostage. So he didn't take the shot. Uh, and unfortunately, because he didn't take the shot, Barnett has the opportunity to kill the hostage and then just start shooting indiscriminately at everybody. And that's when yeah. uh, that's when he does take the shot. Uh, and they they manage to get him and get him down. He doesn't. He doesn't die, obviously. Like he gets yeah, put he hits in him in the shoulder and the hand, and later on he has to have his hand amputated. I guess so. I don't know if that's related. Um, so we see all of this stuff, uh, and then we go back to the kind of the present day where Mulder has received the death certificate and thinks like something kind of weird is up. Like this dude had a heart attack. Mm. Like doesn't doesn't 
it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, Scully arrives and mentions that she kind of watched the video, and you can tell Mulder is still like pretty upset about it. Like he's kind of mad at himself because he kind of he blames himself for not taking the shot early enough to save the FBI agent's life, right? Yeah. Like, and the FBI agent had like a son and like a family, like stuff that Mulder doesn't really have even now. So like it's even hurts mm-hmm. even worse. It should have been me. He thinks, yeah. um, but no, yeah, this, this definitely weighs on him. He, I think the blood Mulder feels like the blood is on his hands. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But despite all this, so Scully is like, you know, if he, if, if Barnett knew how much this was messing with you, couldn't he have just planned all of this out? Like, couldn't, couldn't he just have done all this to, to haunt you? Um, but, Mulder still is like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know that other agent who died, his kid's playing football right now, so I'm gonna go watch his little kid play football. This today. is the worst. These poor kids, like somebody donate to help them out with a field because their field is just mud. Like it's, it's just, just mud, it's, it's just a dirt pile that got wet somehow. Like and they just let anybody in. Any adult man could just come and watch. Yeah, I mean, there's only like ten people there, and there's like a suspicious yeah. dude that I, I kind of clocked yeah. pretty early on. But like, and the camera's going to cut back to him a, co- in a couple of times. So like, we get the idea that Barnett is literally stalking Mulder at this point because as Mulder like watches this kid uh, like throw a throw a touchdown, basically he gets up. Um, he's carrying the evidence bag with a note in it, which I think is very funny. Yeah. He's really yeah. going through it. Like Mulder is going through it in this episode. He's having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he walks back to his car and he finds that his car is already open. And then there's an envelope inside uh, with uh, not only a no- another note to it's saying something about a hunted fox always dies, but now there's pictures of, in the modern day of him and Scully together. Mm-hmm. And Mulder and I just... I love that he just yells out <laughs> to, into I love the this. afternoon. It's very, it's very Michael Scott, I declare bankruptcy, which is one of my favorite moments yeah. in the office. Yeah. But just, just yells into the world, I'll get you! <laughs> yeah. And everybody over on the bleachers is like, is that guy okay? <laughs> Is that dude? And fine? this is where they really, they really zoom in on that other sketchy guy who is sitting there watching those little kids play football. Correct. And this, we we see that this guy has uh, milky eyes and no riz. Exactly. <laughs> um. So now Mulder knows that he's he's being actively toyed with even more. Um. And we go back to Reggie. Mulder goes to see Reggie. Um. They still think, like, everybody at the Bureau just still thinks that somebody is messing with Mulder. Like, somebody is doing this intentionally, of course. Like, there is, there, we guess we got a problem on our hands here. But they are also just messing with you, Mulder. But Mulder just, he insists it's Barnett. He's got a feeling about it. And this is where we have um, an interesting conversation where where Reggie brings up the whole, like, spooky Mulder thing. Yeah. He's like, you know, I, I, I never believed any of that. I always thought that you were three steps ahead of everybody else, and I didn't really like you when you first joined in with us, but I realized how good you were, and you have you showed so much promise. And Mulder's like, okay, well, well, what about now? Do you think I'm spooky now? And Reggie kind of admits, like, yeah, you know, a lot of people think that you are sort of an embarrassment. You are sort of a, a disappointment, disappointment yeah, to the uh, Bureau. Which is a bummer. Um, because, because he held he, such promise, because he was so smart, right. because he, he came in and he was so good at the job that his attention to, as it just drifted from, let's just say, real crime to fake crime, <laughs> as it drifted mm-hmm. to the more paranormal, supernatural, unprovable things, like, it's, an, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity for him to solve what they consider to be real crimes, like the actual right. murders and frauds and, I don't know, black people having opinions that the FBI takes care of. That's usually what they take care of, especially around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there there is this, this you know, reputation now. for, And we've talked about this reputation, but it's kind of harsh to hear it from 
one of Mulder's friends, you know, like this is a guy he respects and he's worked with before. And they had a kind of a joking relationship at the beginning of this when he's calling him Reggie. And um, but in this gets kind of serious. But then it also brings up the possibility that like, hey, is somebody at the bureau just fucking with you? Yeah. I don't know if it's Mulder or Reggie who says this, but the that idea is like floated out there a little bit. Well, Purdue kind of says it and then Mulder seizes it on, seizes on it to the point where I like thought that that's where this episode was going to go. Like I thought that mm-hmm. maybe even though we had seen like the the beginning scene like I thought maybe that like, there was going to be something within the bureau, but maybe cuz we do see Deep Throat at the end of this and the next episode is going to have Deep Throat kind of lying to our people according to the episode preview uh pres- oh. description. So maybe this was kind of setting that up. Um, a little bit, but I, I, I'm not sure. I do want to rewind a little bit. Um, sure. When Mulder leaves the football game and he's yelling, I just want to talk about the ambient music that's playing. We mentioned how good the music is in this episode. Oh my god, dude! The music throughout this episode. Yeah, and it's just so good. Like, there's some really, there's some really good choir stuff that we'll point out when it comes up. But I think this is just like out of a haunting piano thing. Um, yeah. It made me feel real bad because. Uh, one of the things that I do when we start a new podcast is send the soundtrack to whatever we're covering to Jake, our friend Jake Lionheart, jakelionheart.bandcamp.com, all your podcasts, my musical <laughs> needs. Um, I send it to him so he can do remixes so we can use it as kind of incidental music during the podcast. And I hadn't actually listened to the X-Files soundtrack like i just like yeah. i i got it like i downloaded it and skimmed then I, it and moved on just right. just sent it to him and was like hey do your thing uh like i knew the theme obviously and i knew like the music was good i remember that um but i yeah i was like mm. listening to this i was like I, I gave jake a really hard job because this is just tones this is yeah. just literal yeah. tones that he has to somehow remix so yeah um, but they were good tones, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they, they are good tones. Anyway, uh, we we go back. Scully interrupts this conversation about uh, Mulder being a disappointment uh, because mm-hmm. she has obtained Barnett's last will and testament where everything he left everything to the guy in the wheelchair from the cold open. Um, yeah. He also has like some absolutely absurd instructions for his ashes that they have to be disposed of in a certain way, which I'm like, yeah. come on, people, calm down. You're dead. Who cares? Right. Like, yeah. you, you, what you, a dick. You, yeah. What a dick. Uh, um, Mulder does go to, to work with some some old school photo manipulation software to come up with possible photos of what Barnett would look like. Uh, yeah. Some, some age progression stuff. Love when they have to reverse this later. Oof. Just, ju- just great stuff. Some real, some real dodgy CGI on this. And I kind of, yeah. I kind of love it. Like it's just, old. and then we do as, as we sitting there doing this, we get this rare flashback moment. I feel like we never get this kind of stuff on, on the X-Files. We're getting a full-on... This is a full flashback. flashback. This is our first flashback. Yeah. 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 And it's him in the courtroom on the day that they were having uh, Barnett's trial. Um, and Mulder kind of he talks about how Barnett treated killing like it was a game. Um, and and he's basically a very, very evil man. But Mulder goes like a step-by-step. He takes us through what happened, how he didn't take the shot because it wasn't regulation. He's being kind of grilled by the by the prosecutor, whoever is, is questioning him. Um, and you can see the tears kind of welling up in his eyes as he's reliving this moment. And um, it's it's awful. This and is as so soon dramatic. as he's done talking... This is so yeah. dramatic. I love this so much. Like, he's he is just in, in this role, in this... T- he's, he's having... He's just intense. He's just, like, mm-hmm. hollering at people. It's so good. There's nothing flippant or silly about it like Mulder can sometimes be. This is this is very serious for him. Uh, and he just loses it at the end. And he starts shouting and talks about how Barnett deserves to die like the animal that he is or something like that. Like, that's, you know, that's anger. That's hardcore. There's also uh, something I wanted to mention here. Uh, 
Mulder, as he's talking before he gets his anger, like before his anger kind of possesses mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Um, he's because this is his first case. Like arguably, this is probably his first time, first time on the stand. And David Duchovny plays this really well because he he they don't like de-age him. Obviously, like this was only a few years ago, but uh, he he looks younger, he acts younger, and he acts nervous throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I've, I've really appreciated is just kind of a like a character moment, right? Like this is this is not the the Fox Mulder that we saw kind of take over last episode and like tell everybody what to do to go find Scully, right? Like he doesn't have that confidence yet because this is his first case. And I just it's a small yeah. detail, and I just really really dug it. Um, yeah, that's that's nice detail definitely uh Mulder goes and sits down besides reggie in the courtroom and burnett like turns to him and says like i'll get you he like whispers and then like blows him a kiss um the um uh, this is the first time that we kind of see burnett like do anything Mm, and he mm. is like the creepiest looking dude and just like the creepiest guy like it's it's kind of hard to watch he's so creepy in this episode yeah, he, he's he's got very strange energy, and a lot of his phone calls. I mean, that's that's what they that's what they ordered, right? They they needed a creepy guy making creepy phone calls. But the way all those scenes are shot, and this is the only time that we really see his full face until the end. Um, and it's it's very very unsettling. His whole vibe is very off putting. Yeah. Um, we go back to the present. Uh, Scully has a lead. Uh, I think this is actually where they talk about the the heart, him having a heart attack despite all of his medical records not showing anything. Yeah, and, she comes in with like his full like autopsy report or yeah. whatever it is, his full death certificate, um, and and it doesn't totally make like he went in for like a hand infection, and then suddenly they're saying he died of a of a heart attack, and it just none of it's adding up. Doesn't make a lot of sense exactly. Um, so they decide to go to go see the wheelchair guy. Um, yeah, they're going to talk to him, Joe Carnell. I think his name is something like that. I, did, I forgot um, to put the actors and the, and the names in this. So I have no idea. Uh, no big deal. Uh, he doesn't show up after this, so it's all good. Uh, but he <laughs> has. They start asking him questions about Barnett, and he starts to be like, "He's not dead, is he?" Um, and they're like, "Well, hey, well, what makes you say that?" And then he basically tells Mulder and Scully what he saw during the cold open about he saw this operation going down with this doctor, and it, it did, did not seem like. Uh, Barnett was dead. It seemed it seemed like something was up, and they took his hand off. But he knew he knew this man wasn't dead because um, he looked at him and he blinked. So now we're up to speed on the cold open, uh, and this is where we learn. I mean, they did show it, but I, I personally hadn't thought about the fact that they took his hand off. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> bummer for bummer. that guy. Definitely, that's definitely a bummer. That's a, that's, sure. a, that's that'll fuck your weekend up. <laughs> Somebody take your, your weekend up. Take your hand off. That's, that's the whole week. That's the whole week, my friend. Um, yeah. We go back to um, HQ. Uh, Mulder like has a gun. Um, he's like, he's like, I'm ready to to get the fuck out there. Uh, the, there's great camera angles in this scene. So this is one of the moments. This is one of the scenes that I think uh, elevates this episode above like the kind of yeah. more pedestrian plot. Is that like the camera angles in this scene? It reminded me a lot of like Twin Peaks, to be honest with you. Like it just like yeah, definitely kind of like weird up close shots of people of them talking and kind of going back and forth. Uh, and Scully is like, "What are you like arming up for? Like you're gonna go try to shoot the ghost of John Burnett?" And he just says, "I didn't know you believe in ghosts, Scully." <laughs> I yeah. just love that. It's um, interesting. Yeah, he's 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 different in this one. And then uh, Barnett calls. He just gives him gives a ring. He just yeah. gives ring ring. Uh, 
Mulder gets on the phone. Scully starts to trace because that's just a button you can press, I guess, and just go do that. It's, I mean, I, it, at the FBI, it should be. It should be. There should be a trace button and a hold button right next yeah. to each other. Uh, yeah. He brags about uh, following Mulder around, saying that he was like next to him at the coffee shop this morning. Um, he says, I'm everywhere you are. I own you. Uh, and Mulder's like, I need to know that this is the real you. I need to know. I need confirmation for this. And Barnett's like, oh, you want confirmation? I'll, I'll give it to you. And he kisses the phone <laughs> goodbye. Uh, and it's just yeah. this dude, like the whole, I, I wish I could get across. And maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to drop a marker, but I'm probably going to be too lazy in the morning to do it. Uh, maybe I'll try to drop some audio of this in. I stood next to you in line for coffee this morning. I don't think so. <laughs> Man, I'm everywhere you are. Everywhere. I own you. This dude's voice is just so horrifying and hard to listen to. Like it's just it's just oozing like contempt and It feels grossness. like this is almost a sex thing. Yeah, like it's almost like he's calling borderline, it's, it's, borderline. Like, it's borderline sexual how much he likes like fucking with Mulder. And it's yeah. and it's just like it's just like you just you just don't want to, you just want to back away from it. Like you just want to like yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Like guy, guy you were obviously hard as a rock right now i don't want to be okay, anywhere dude you. you win yeah, yeah i don't know what's going on but i don't want to listen to you talk anymore i've never ever been close to a friend and been like oh you're hard as a rock right now you're you're fully yeah. erect i don't know i don't, I don't, I don't know what's ever happening in your need pants. to know that my buddy is bricked up that's I not any of my business need to know that and you were telling me with the sound of your voice that you were fully bricked up that you were tumescent with fucking contempt with Mulder, which is a whoa, weird vibe whoa. which is a weird vibe uh, it's not the vibe that we asked for. Does two mess not mean what vibe. I think it is, or is it the opposite of what I have? I think no it is? idea. I just I I believed you when you <laughs> said it. But anyway, he got too horny. He busted too fast, and then he hangs up, yes. and they couldn't trace the call. Unfortunately, but Mulder select uh, uh, detected this man's New Hampshire accent. Uh, let me tell you, I could not detect a New Hampshire accent myself, <laughs> dude. When he so Mulder's like tells Scully, like I believe it's him. Like he's got a slight New Hampshire accent, and then he like replays part of the phone call, and like and I'm like, was that it? Gestures to it. I'm like, I don't even hear it right now. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, usually they so TV shows usually just drastically over exaggerate these things that I'm so used to that. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. I don't even know what a New Hampshire well, they, accent is supposed to sound like. Neither do I. I mean, most most accents in New England are a variation of your stereotypical Boston accent, um, and New Hampshire is no different than that. But I don't. I did not catch it in his voice here, so I I don't know. But also, Mulder I think figured out how, the time that a plane landed by listening to the audio on a true. on a recording yeah, in the background so he's got last good ears. episode. He's got good ears. So he's yeah. he's you know he's honed in. Um, that night. Uh, Purdue gets a late night phone call from Mulder. Mulder's like, it's only 10.30. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I was in bed, Mulder. Like, I work all day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got, I'm at the FBI HQ at, at 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I'm old yeah. as fuck. I'm in bed by 10.30. Like, leave me alone. Um, and Mulder wants to talk about Barnett. He says that Barnett is alive, uh, but something doesn't make sense. If the guy's right hand was cut off, how is he writing these notes with his right hand? The handwriting expert like very clearly thinks it's it's right as a right-handed man writing this. So what is happening? And as he's talking, Barnett sneaks into Reggie's room and kills Reggie as Mulder listens. And Mulder's just yeah. yelling into the phone. Um, we cut to the next morning where Mulder and Scully uh, are on the crime scene. Scully's being very bossy with everybody, saying like, "Go through every fiber twice." Basically, we got to find something. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell Mulder is like genuinely broken up by the death of his friend. Uh, it's obvious. Yeah. 
I think that Mulder doesn't have a lot of friends in the FBI. Um, I think that's very obvious. Yeah, it's very, very clear that most people <laughs> kind of have spooky Mulder in their in their imagination as opposed to just friendly Mulder. Uh, yeah. And he kind of talks about, like, you know, like what Pur- Purdue was writing a mystery novel and, like, he was probably the only one close enough to, like, share it with, but he never did. Like, just basically talking about how, you know, his wife died of cancer a few years back. Like, just how sad this is. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just he, kind of a bummer he, for Mulder. He laments his friend on a huge human level because yeah. he's this i mean this is extremely personal and Mulder still thinks this is my fault and listener if you feel like this plot is going like forever me too <laughs> it is it's a long episode i feel like it's this is an extra like three minutes longer than normal it's it takes forever for this stuff and then we're gonna have a whole subplot we haven't even gotten to dr D- dr ridley yet like we're gonna have a whole no. thing with with a doctor th- subplot which is just crazy we got a whole other guy to him <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole other dude um, there's another note at this crime scene, so it's back to the handwriting expert for more for more flirts. Um, and she again confirms that it's a right hander and says it could not possibly from, be from someone with the prosthetic hand uh, because of the the accuracy on some of the slants are too good. Like she just can't. Um, she, she, and Mulder is like, "What about a salamander hand?" I Mulder, I don't know. I've never thought. What is a salamander hand? What is that? I don't what know. Why don't you take to, take what's, me? Why don't you take me to dinner and tell me all about it? <laughs> What's the accuracy on a salamander hand? Can we get that? I don't know. Let's talk about it over drinks, Mulder. Let's let's have a conversation. <laughs> well, you're not hearing me. I need the salamander hand info. If you could just pause it. If you could just take a guess, please. If you uh, if you I, if you want to take my underwear from my, from me, then I will tell you what a salamander hand looks like. No problem. Is that where they're keeping the salamander hand? In my underwear, um, absolutely. We're not at the salamander hand yet, though. Um, but yeah, we just learned that this was Jeff. Definitely right-handed. Definitely, Definitely um, uh, too too well done to, to be a prosthetic. So if he had his hand amputated, how was it him? And again, salamander hand. Um, but Scully has discovered that Barnett was worked on by Dr. Ridley. Is that his name? Ridley? Ridley, um, yes. The doc. Um, and essentially, we, we get the download on this doctor. He was doing experiments on children to basically reverse aging. Um, when the medical board found out what he was doing, they, they had to kick him out and stop his funding. Cause you know, you can't be doing human trials in secret. That's not great. Yeah. Um, specifically not, but not, apparently... to re- not to reverse aging, but like there's a, there's a children's disease called progeria that, um, yes, where kids, yes, yes. Where he kids eventually... age very rapidly. So he was trying right, to fix, right, right, right. ostensibly he was trying to fix that, but that was not actually his real goal. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, even after he was disbarred or whatever the medical version of that is, he he went down to South America to to continue his work in secret. They call it uh, being canceled in the medical industry. They call it being canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. by the so woke mob. The doctor the doctor was canceled <laughs> by the woke mob for experimenting on 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 children. Yeah, somebody um, somebody got. This is more X Men podcast stuff, but I haven't uh, actually had a chance to record the X Men podcast in a while. I don't know. I just want to bitch about this for a second. Do you have Do you have a couple of minutes right. of spare time? So I got a couple of minutes. Any, yeah, anytime. Marvel is doing a very cool thing where they're making a sequel to the X Men animated series from the nineties. Um, yes, yes, I've heard about this. So, and they're just literally picking it up from the last episode. Uh, and they're that rocks. I mean, it's so good. It's so funny. They've got most of the cast coming coming back to to do the voices again, and they're doing it in the same style. Like it's that Saturday morning nineties cartoon style, right? Yeah. Um, and in the trailer, like they showed off all the characters, and they showed Rogue, and they happened to show Rogue from behind, and it's oh the ro- the woke mob took her took her badonk. They took her badonk away, um, and it's just <laughs> or so I've heard. I've heard people getting mad about it. They 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 took her badonk. She had a badonk donk in the original 
original series um she was she was she was carrying some thunder down under if you will sure. and now and now she's flat as a board over there um uh-huh. and i don't i don't i don't need to masturbate to yeah, cartoons yeah, i'm okay yeah you're in your 40s you're yeah I'm, I'm good um <laughs> but it's it's it caused like this weird outrage where people were calling the x-men woke oh my god and it's just like it's so bonkers to me chris it'd be like I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like X Men is, is an allegory for an. Yeah, L- like first of all, yes, it is. I guess by the definition. Like, I, 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 but it, I mean, it's not though. Like, it's not like there's no there's no political messaging that they're hiding no, in right, Rogue's right. ass. <laughs> like, it's no. just so. Oh silly. yeah, no, yeah, no, not her ass. No, no, people. When it, when if you listen, listener, if you hear somebody throwing around the word woke, get the fuck away from them. Seriously, the yeah. I, when we're saying it, we're saying it because it's funny. It's just a joke. But I just now I need to clarify that's a joke. If you hear somebody using that term as like an insult. Tell to go fuck themselves yeah absolutely they don't know what the fuck they're talking about just everything that anybody would know about the x-men and like it's the, the whole allegory of you know them being i don't i can't even i can't even get into it it's just so anyway let's get back to the x-files before i get mad right right um so we we hear all about this dr ridley dude and, and how he was bad um and now Mulder has come to the belief that ridley has reversed barnett's aging and, and now he's going to look super young so he goes back to the photoshop expert and we start de-aging this guy to make him look young and then also like putting beards on him putting really really gross beards on him which is very very funny um very funny we had Mulder was really messing around with the character creator on this one <laughs> i really love it though it's he's having a good time he refused to let him be hot um <laughs> meanwhile scully is at her house she's doing her the 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 uh dougie hauser doogie mm. hauser md thing where she's like typing in her report and also narrating it in her mind talking about how ridley uh, ridley's work and his goals and how they would never work in real life like it was just never it was never going to be possible she's doing this by candlelight by the way looking at uh, i'm sorry to do this we're just talking about being horny and, and mm-hmm. not being that way she just looks absolutely stunning in this scene i'm so sorry oh no no i don't think that that's i don't think that's horny i mean i don't think you could appreciate a woman's beauty without wanting to fuck her chris i mean it's okay <laughs> that's right yeah that's right that's right i'm being normal i'm being normal <laughs> i'm being completely normal and, and i insist also it's jillian <laughs> anderson and i'm not saying like you yeah. have full permission to thirst after jillian anderson but like come on it's jillian anderson <laughs> i just um uh, like, i just thought it was lo- just a lovely moment by candlelight unfortunately her her home is the least safe place in oh washington we do um, this is the third time someone showed up here uh and we see this webbed hand this is the first time we've really noticed this hand before um yeah. and she hears a noise. Did you clock? Did you clock it as a salamander hand, or did you immediately? Have to, did you I, I, I immediately recognize the salamander. You know, I knew. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I kind of a salamander you know. expert in my field. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I'm kind yeah, of a salamander yeah. guy. So, um, I've kind of got my own <laughs> salamander hand. You know I, what I'm saying? I knew I could. I knew I could count on you. <laughs> when you when I want a little strange, I bring out the salamander hand. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Scully ignores yeah, so this, this, is this tense, weird noise. She, she, yeah, she, she keeps hearing something. She keeps writing on her report. And then she's like, no, nah, something's not right here. And she keeps looking over at her gun and she gets over to it. The music, dude, the tense. We very quickly see that somebody is in her house. Somebody is moving around the shadows. Like you said, we saw the little salamander hand. Like something's up. And then just to throw things off even more, suddenly there's a knock at the door. And I don't know about you, but when I heard that knock, I'm thinking, let this be Mulder. Because there's already somebody inside. So it can't mm-hmm. be the same person out. You know, let this just just be molder and everything's gonna be okay i'm always worried about her when she's home she's never she's never in more danger than when she's home get her get her back out there in the field she's she a, can take a bullet to the chest to be fine but when she's home alone she's in trouble she's never more worried about dana than when she's not being yeah. scully Dude, <laughs> right yeah, i know it's it's it's, it's ridiculous um, we see yeah we see somebody skulking around her house but yeah person knocks at the door and eventually she ans- answers it and it's not molder and it's not our killer here it is it's dr ridley 
it is and he just announces it he's like oh it's uh it's it's dr ridley he's like okay and opens the door like throws a gun in his face and he's like oh shit uh, yeah. We should also mention the music in this scene, by the way. This is like this weird so choir thing that like builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. So it's so tense. It's so like it gets under your skin almost because uh, it's kind of d- d- arrhythmic a little bit. Like it's just it's just mm. really intense. And then like it comes to a climax as she opens the door and throws the gun in his face. Um, and he's like, whoa, hold on. But unfortunately, this is basically a diversion from from what the actual thing was. There was still somebody in her house and they just kind of slink off into the shadows. I don't know if they just stay overnight. Yeah. Yeah. That's, or- that's that's what we learned is that they just sleep on the couch and she doesn't notice. Yeah. Damn. Um, Barnett, uh, seeing, seeing Dr. Ridley, because uh, obviously this is Barnett in her house, like pulls away, mm. pulls back. Um, and then we skip ahead a little bit and Ridley is now sitting with Mulder and Scully. Um, notably, he has these milky eyes as well. Um, he tells them that he's been hiding away in Belize uh, and that Barnett is the only patient that is he's ever given this treatment to that has survived it. Um, and it, it kind of doesn't matter anymore because now he has this own disease uh, that he gave himself uh, and now he's going to die in a month. Um, there's going to be a lot of science talk that I feel like we could just skip. So much science It talk. doesn't really matter. But basically, the, the thing here is like, yeah, we could we could do some reverse aging type of thing, but we could never figure out how to like regrow a limb or anything like that until we started doing, looking at these experiments on salamanders where they would, you know, take a gland and put it somewhere else and the, the body would regrow it. The human body doesn't let you do that, but using these salamander glands we can give a man a salamander hand yep <laughs> using these salamander glands we can provide salamander yeah. hands that's um, exactly what they did there's a great moment where as he's talking about this uh because he says you know before he reveals that it's a salamander well, hand, there's like why couldn't it have just been ghosts <laughs> it should have been ghosts why can't it just be a ghost uh there's a great moment before he reveals the salamander thing where scully is like obviously very repulsed by this dude and his behavior but like fascinated by the science of the whole thing and she like leans forward yeah. and she's like I hate to ask, but what did you use? And that's what he gives the salamander <laughs> hand. And like it cuts yeah. to Mulder, and Mulder just has his hand over his head. Like, why couldn't it be ghost? Why yeah. couldn't it have been why fucking it alien or something? Why does it have to be a salamander hand? Why do I have to write the word? Why do I even have to know the word salamander hand now? Yeah. Why do I have to know about that as a thing? I should just be able to move on with my grief. And I'm grieving my buddy Reggie. And now I got to worry about a man with a salamander hand. Uh, the other big reveal here is that even though Ridley was uh, canceled from the American Medical he Association, was canceled, yeah. uh, he was he was afterwards, the government found him and funded his research. Like the government was super interested in this de-aging technology because obviously, you know, they want to they want to be in power forever. Right. Like that's the that's mm-hmm. the thing um, which triggers a trip over to Gertie's bar for Mulder to meet up with Deep Throat. Uh, yeah. Deep Throat reveals that not only did they know about all of this, know about that Barnett was in the country uh, and that Barnett was alive, that they're actively negotiating with him to try to buy all the research because he stole it all from Ridley. Yeah. Um, and this whole time, Mulder is like biting back. Oh, rage, dude, he is he's so like, angry. This motherfucker about this. needs to pay for what he's done. And you guys are talking about, you know, giving him immunity or or freedom or whatever it is, money, just so you can get this research. You're not you're not worried about the the one single dude out there killing people if it means you you get to have this power, this this fountain of youth, and that makes Mulder very angry. Yes, it does. Uh, rightfully so, I think. Um, yeah. Like he, you know, this is this is the big like. 
this is one of the biggest things of his career, right? Like this is yeah. one of the biggest things that affected him. His first case, like putting this dude away, like was important to him. And it like, like it obviously like he's been carrying around this baggage for a long time. So now to, to, to realize that the government is just going to like give him a bunch of money and immunity for this research. It just, it's just, it's just the worst like betrayal, right? Like, yeah. There's this idea, I think, that that happens with these FBI shows sometimes. It's like the FBI agents are trying to perform to this ideal that the government doesn't hold to themselves. Um, yeah. And I always, always kind of like that that like kind of tension. And Mulder inhabits that area a lot, but no, no more so than right now, right? Like no more so than yeah. just being absolutely devastated in what his country is doing. And it's just put him in this like this shitty situation where he's trying to get justice and in a, in a way get revenge. Um, but it's his own government is basically standing in his way. Uh, um, this next scene is probably incomprehensible to anybody under the age of like 30, I think, <laughs> because, uh, what we see happen is a phone ring and then like an answering machine picks up, but then it actually doesn't, nobody's leaving a message. It's playing messages. And it's because somebody is like calling in to check Scully's messages, which is a thing that you mm-hmm. could do back in the day. Like you would call in to your own phone number and like your answering machine would pick up and you would put in a code and you could listen to your voicemail not even voicemail because it's not mail at that point just like yeah. listen to your voice recordings voice recording. <laughs> yeah. yeah that people have left you uh and like and i was kind of confused about this as well because like it, yeah, start- it took me a second to figure out what was going on yeah going on. uh because like i haven't i mean we haven't used this stuff in fucking forever right, right? i haven't had a fucking landline in forever you know? <laughs> so we see and we see like while this is happening as, as the voice messages are playing uh scully comes out of the shower and is like what the fuck is going on and then the next scene um she brings it to Mulder. she brings the whole machine to Mulder and tells him like a somebody has hacked my personal code they know stuff about me uh and also b barnett's prints are on this machine um yeah. which is like crazy because now he's snuck in her fucking house like that's yeah horrifying and, and she tells him like you know before ripley or whatever his name is showed up last night I knew somebody was in my house. I knew something was up. And here here we go. Here's the proof. Uh, and then just then, Barnett calls. And he starts moaning into the phone like a little freak. Oh, he's, um, he's dude, he's... If there hadn't been... If we already hadn't had Worm Tongue... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, that's, this would have been prime Worm Tongue real estate. Um, so this is where he's like, I'm going to kill the doctor. And then I'm going to kill the rest of your friends, Mulder. One by one. Um, so the two things that uh, he would have learned from Scully's answering machine was just a random call from her mother, which meant nothing. But she was supposed to go to her friend's uh, cello recital coming up soon. So now they know, okay, that's the information he has. This is where he would have targeted you. Um, we have to go stake this place out now. Yeah, and we do. So he brings a set of, he brings a crew of FBI agents. Um, they're going to basically use Scully as bait. Um, there's a moment here where she's like, this is the first time I've ever been used as bait. And Mulder's like, we'll make sure it's not the last. And I'm like, that... I mean, I know that you're. I know to what see- you mean, Mulder. Yeah, but, but also, so it seems like you're going to use me as bait again, and I'm not really like a kind of a bait it's girl. Not really something I'm. Yeah, I'm looking into. Yeah, yeah I never yeah, really identified as a you. bait girl. I kind of, I kind of have more hot girl energy than bait girl energy. Yeah, if you know not, what I'm saying. Bait girl is sort of where. I mean, I guess if you if you flip that around, I understand. But anyway, um, not ideal. She's very nervous. Mulder gives her a wink at one point. I'm like, Mulder's now is not the time for winks. Um, and we see everything getting set up. We see all the FBI agents everywhere. And then we see this uh, celloist, cellist. I don't know what, what the term for that is. Cellist. Uh, you know, practicing, you know, getting set up with the cello uh, in it, the creating like actual intense music on the scene. Diegetic. Was that the word that I had to uh-huh, look up last uh-huh. time? Um, and he, we turn out, it turns out Barnett 
a younger version of him is here and he's tuning the piano so we're getting these like ominous piano keys getting it's pulled so and they, they... it's so fascinating to me the way this is done because she's playing this like beautiful melody and he's just atonally plucking strings at the same time and it had to be on purpose right like it really sets you at a, at a point of unease like it really makes you uncomfortable and it's so good yeah. like it's so good to have that sound coming from inside the episode um, mm-hmm. i just I, mm-hmm. I love it so much like this this is one of the this is another one of those moments in this episode where i was like this is better than the whole episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is better it's genuinely it's it's a fantastic scene and you know exactly what it is and what's going on and you're like oh fuck um when this all kicks off it happens so fast barnett immediately is just like okay i'm i'm done like i see i know what's going on i'm gonna I'm, take I'm the ready. biggest gun in the world <laughs> yeah the biggest fucking like 44 magnum or whatever the hell clint eastwood was swinging around in dirty hair it's one of those big old sons of bitches and uh, I'm yeah, he just he's just going for it. There's there's no hesitation. He walks out into the crowd. He knows there's FBI. Presumably, he knows there's FBI agents everywhere. He thinks he's too important to be taken down, and he just fucking plugs Sully. Just shoots her Sully, twice. Excuse in the fucking... me, that's my that's my cat's name, Scully. He just starts shooting Scully. Just shoots her twice in the chest, man. Like no problem. Um, which is terrifying. Like at this point, I was like, oh shit, what is happening to my girl Scully? Uh, FBI agents rush to Scully. Mulder is like, take care of her, uh, chases Barnett. Uh, Barnett rushes into the theater, grabs the cellist. Um, I don't know. We didn't really take the time to describe like this this fucking theater, but it's great. Give me some Hannibal vibes. Yeah, it's great theater. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. all in red lighting as they were kind of rehearsing and everything. So good. Um, so anyway, Barnett walks in, uh, runs runs in, grabs the cellist, and now it's kind of a repeat, right? Like this mm-hmm. is Mulder. Like, oh, you can't risk it. You know, you can't take the shot. Um, and he's also... Not just taunting Mulder for this exact scenario, but he's also saying, like, they fucking need me. I'm too fucking valuable. There's not shit you could do. I could blow her head off. You can't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And Mulder, and there's this moment of, like, is he going to take the shot? Because this is against FBI regulations, right? Like, don't endanger a hostage. Um, Presumably because the FBI doesn't want people to kill hostages (laughs) by shooting them. Sure. Because it's really hard to aim a gun. Probably a good policy. I don't know if you know this or not, Chris. It's really hard to aim a gun. (laughs) It seems like (laughs) it. It's very difficult to have good aim when you're, especially in a stressful situation, right? Um, Right. But, uh, as the choir music kind of swells up, that we get the same choir music from Scully's apartment. Uh, Boulder shoots, uh, and we see Scully's eyes open, and she's like focusing on the ceiling. And we it's revealed that she was wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, mm-hmm. And then we skip ahead a little bit to where uh, Barnett is at the ER. And I, for a minute, I didn't think they were going to talk about this. Uh, where like they're trying to resuscitate him, and there's just a government guy who looks like this. Yeah, he's like, give me the answers. Where's the stuff? Yeah, yeah. And it was, <laughs> and it's all background. And I was like, are they not going to talk about this at all? Because that is hilarious. Yeah. That there's just a guy like, wake up, wake up, tell me where you put the research. Uh, but yeah. of course they do. Like they, they say it's the guy from the CIA that's going to have to um you know just trying to to get the information yeah. uh and they flew in like three specialists to try and save this guy like they're mm-hmm. putting putting in all the stops there's, there's this odd moment here where where Mulder and scully are looking in on this and Mulder, she says something like Mulder, i know what you did wasn't by the book and she seems like she doesn't approve of this like and they don't they don't linger on it so i thought well did i just imagine that but there was a moment where it just seems like she's like i don't think you should be going down this path but that's not a really a path that Mulder goes down. Not in this regard. He's not starting to like shoot people. That's not an issue. I don't think he really has. But there was just something about it where she just almost seemed like, "Be careful," you know. See, I kind of, I, I kind of disagree. See, but that's but it was so brief that that made me think like, did I just imagine that? No, because there's definitely a weird vibe where she says she says that. But I interpreted that as 
her being concerned because Mulder made that decision because like, despite everything that Mulder does, like he's usually kind of a by the book dude, right? Like he's, mm, mm, mm. I mean, actually he's not, he's not been shown to be that at all. <laughs> like it was no. every single no. episode, but I guess going against like the, the idea that he went against it this time and endangered a life, right? Like that's something that yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's yeah. endangered himself several times. He's never endangered uh, other people, especially innocents right. and his, and his quest right. for this stuff. So maybe that's where, where I, I guess I'm getting this from is she's like, I, I know that that was hard for you to do basically like that must have been difficult um and then yeah his response is like it makes you wonder about the book uh which also doesn't quite fit i guess yeah so i don't yeah it is kind of a weird moment now that you say it like i I definitely interpreted it a certain way but like his response doesn't work that with the way that i interpreted it so i'm not sure Hmm. like what are we yeah what what are we trying to say here you know it doesn't matter whatever we finally get um so a little peek behind the curtain for Jeremy's experience with the X-Files. Mm. Um, I have a home media ser- server. So like, uh, it's basically like Netflix, but for me. Um, and when I finish an episode, it automatically goes forward to the next one. So I see the like description. I see like a thumbnail. The thumbnail for this episode that I saw last week was just this the shot of the salamander hand. That was it. Okay. It was just because right. this is what like, like as Barnett dies, we see him like grasping his little fucking fins or whatever his little salamander finglets and he's just like like grasping them back and forth and then he like flatlines as he's like staring at boulder uh but this is all i saw in the in the thumbnail and i was so like the whole episode i was waiting for like this gratuitous salamander hand to show up (laughs) and uh, we only get hints of it like in some of the phone calls he's like rubbing his chin with a weird thing but i was like maybe that's a sponge i don't know maybe he's just i didn't even notice it until it was already like announced (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird that they like just d- didn't bother showing us the salamander hand until the very, very end of the episode. You go through all the trouble of giving a man a salamander hand and you don't even show it's it to us. It's not even showing it to us. Oh, Make man. a show of it. Get after it. Like, just tell us what's going yeah. on. Make a spectacle out of this freak. I would like for you to make a spectacle out of the salamander. Are hand we guy. bad for this? this <laughs> are is, we in the wrong? Are we, are we not doing great here? What are we doing? Bring back the freak shows. Uh, after this, after he dies, Scully wonders like where he could have hidden the research. Um, and we see... As they're talking about, like, he could have hidden it anywhere. It could be anywhere. It's somebody, someone may find it in the future. Uh, we see the scene of what I, I thought was a bus station or maybe an airport um, that have these, like, private lockers that you can kind of rent out for an extended length of time. Um, yeah. It reminded me of the Dark Tower, what ends up happening with Black 13, sure, yeah, uh, yeah, which is yeah. always very, a very hilarious, like, factoid about the Dark Tower. Um, anyway, uh as they're talking about this, like the camera zooms in on a particular uh, locker and, and yeah, yeah. Mulder is basically like, yeah, they could, it could pop up anytime. And I bet this, you know, Barnett may even be back someday. And then we crash into the credits from there, uh, which I don't, yeah. he's dead. Like, they always got to leave us with something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah they, 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 they always leave it with like us. a little, huh, kind of thing. Mm, uh, I don't, maybe. that dude died on the table. I saw his body. So he is dead. Yeah, um, yeah. He pooped himself. Uh, he's dead. He's de- he evacuated. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. He's fully emptied out, man. He's, he's an emptied it. out guy. Uh, they put formaldehyde in his veins. He's dead. He's yeah. he's gone. Yeah. There's no he question. He's coming back. They took the salamander part from him. Oh God, do you think they did? I mean, oh, his yeah. will said. To, his will yeah. said. Is your will valid? Like, if you fake your own death and then you like die if, if, in the future, yeah. is your will valid if you become a salamander? No, not absolutely not. <laughs> Does your will does your will cover salamander experiences? I don't think so. I don't think oh so. Oh my god. Um Yeah, what a what a so it's a weird episode because again, I like I don't particularly care about like Barnett and the plot. Uh I, I like knowing more about 
uh, Mulder's history, and I've liked seeing mm. him as a as a younger kind of agent and being, I like and those experiences. Like, but overall, like the plot, I was just like, eh, okay, whatever. Like this dude got a weird yeah. hand, and now he's like young or something. Um, they just didn't really like deal with that a whole lot. I think, uh, but no. like, but in. It, this episode stands so strongly on its on its filmmaking, on the way that this was all presented. It was just really well done. But yeah, exactly. don't, don't really care about the plot. Yeah, yeah, but just kind of did not care about the plot whatsoever. So. It was a very, it was just a very average episode, elevated by the parts that that you know made it up. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm here for hey, it. Good time. Good time. Good time. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a like it wasn't it wasn't a bad experience at all. I had fun watching it. Um, it's interesting to me if you had asked me before we started this podcast of what happens in the, the X-Files. <laughs> I would have told you, like, it was a lot about aliens and ghosts and yeah. spooky stuff. Yeah, no. And it is very much not that. It's very much like... A lot of this shit. It's, it's a lot of, like, <laughs> weird sci-fi stuff, uh, which is great. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. I just thought that there would be, like, way more of a focus on aliens, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's certainly more meta stuff or meta plot stuff sure, in, sure. in future seasons. We haven't really even, is, like, delved into a, any of that stuff yet. Yeah. Like, I feel like we have, we, was, we don't even have any of that stuff yet. They had to just keep everything so contained because if you missed an episode, that's it. You know, we don't even have VHS tapes yet to, to watch this. So um, I know that they released some collections on VHS that you could buy, but it wasn't even be like you, you bought season one in 1994 so you could catch up before season two aired. Like, no, 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 none of that <laughs> stuff existed. That. Yeah, yeah. None of that existed. So, uh, maybe, um, maybe you had a friend that could like do some home recordings for you. Maybe that yeah, you had yeah, that yeah. experience, but that, that's probably about it. Um, but otherwise, you know. So they had to keep everything kind of loose for a while, but I do think as time goes on, it's that stuff became um, more commonly available, and the show obviously became a really big sensation. So yeah. um, they, I think, they were able to kind of sharpen up, which I'm looking forward to getting to those to those episodes. Yeah, by all accounts, like the future seasons are all great. So yeah. <laughs> shout out to our girl Mary from the Carrie Wayward podcast, who has uh, finished the show twice since we started this podcast, oh including the movies, oh, wow. and has started wow. on it a third time. Wow, great show! Great show, great everybody! Show. Great show! Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for uh, supporting our Patreon over patreon.com slash monster of the week uh just a reminder that folks over there are getting episodes of this podcast early and they get access to our discord server as well as a bunch of exclusive content that's on our patreon so go check that out uh we had a bunch of people leaving ratings and reviews so thank you very much for doing that Mm. on whatever platform you choose to do that on um people are leaving comments on spotify now which is fun i think i I don't i think i mentioned that before but it's just i get an email every once in a while i was like two people have (laughs) have and i'm like oh okay cool excellent that's great fun uh so thank you for doing that we will be back next week with more x files and until then remember stay spooky I saw I saw Final Fantasy VII Advent Children in the theaters. I went to a, I went to a movie theater for the first time in four years. From two thousand five, yeah, yeah. It's um I've seen that movie a bunch of times. Obviously, I was you know fifteen when that came out and a huge Final Fantasy fan. So that was that that hit just right. But even back then, I remember being like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> hmm. This is incredibly, like, sick. Like, I would watch a ton of AMVs and stuff. Um, but when you would sit there and watch the movie, uh, it's really bad. It's a really, really bad movie. It's so... I think the worst part of it about it is the dub and the translation. Characters are just talking around each other. And part of that is just because of the way that the script is written and the way that things are always communicated in FF7. Um, but the other part of it is just it's a really bad dub. And it's it's from 2005, so I get it. Like They've got some good actors in there, but like nobody fits their character. The lines don't make any sense. It just feels like nobody's actually talking to each other. Um, all that being said, it was it was a delight to see it. Um, so many girls, women, bringing their like non-gamer BFs with them to to see this movie. It seemed like that was the draw here. Was all these girls who were just they either love Cloud or whatever, and um, th- this was like their childhood crush. It just brought other their non Final Fantasy fan boyfriends who seemed very confused because there was a lot of talking. There was a lot of talking during this movie. There was not a lot of privacy or, or respect for the film being shown. I can't imagine. And for listeners at home, uh, you, you just dropped in the middle of this conversation because I apparently was not recording the first part of this. So Chris, oh, Chris is talking about his experience watching Final Fantasy Advent Children in the movie theater, um, a movie that's from 2005. That's just video game cutscenes. Like that's all that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no, it's like it's an actual movie. It's not just. It's not the video. It's, game. It has it's, nothing to do with the video Chris, game. Chris, it's video game. It takes, <laughs> it takes place two years later, and it makes no sense because they don't explain what is happening in the movie. They explain what's happening in a book that I don't know if it came out at the same time as the movie in Japan, but it came out here like three years ago. And it, even that barely tells you what's going on. You just like why is that's everybody now thinks that Cloud is a uh, a mopey emo boy um, because of this movie. They think, oh, that's how he always was. That's not how he always was, and they don't even fucking explain why he acts like yeah, that. Yeah, he was a, he was a mopey emo soldier soldier in the video game, right? Yeah, we think like, <laughs> oh, it's because like it's because people he cares about have have died. That's not even why he's mopey in this movie. They just don't fucking tell you that. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I, uh, I I told you via text, but I I did watch this movie because I was kind of fascinated with the idea of them just releasing. I'm, I don't mean to be dismissive when I say video game cutscene movie, but like that's kind of what it. Oh no! The only reason I corrected like. you is because I thought I thought that you might actually just think that. No, no, um, no, no, no! I just but, feel but like no, it's, but no, the, you're right. You're it right. was like they 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 realized like oh final Fa- everybody loves Final Fantasy VII because of our 20 minute long mm-hmm. like summoning cutscenes, right? So let's let's yeah. let's let's go like full on out with the CGI stuff that we can do now, um, and like make a full movie about it, but still like. It's it just feels like, and I remember watching it at the time and going like, oh, this just feels like there should be a video game around it. Like there, this mm-hmm. would be much more entertaining mm-hmm. if there was like video games filling in all of the stuff that I don't understand. So I just learned yesterday that it was only supposed to be uh, twenty minutes long. It was like a short thing that they was almost just doing as like a project to showcase the technology, and it was just going to have Cloud and Tifa and. Um, I guess whatever I think the plot of it is Sephiroth comes back and whatever they have to beat him again and I think that was gonna that was gonna be it it was just gonna be this short little thing but instead they invented all these new characters they brought back every character from the game which I understand the desire to do that but but now that I know that it was supposed to be 20 minutes long I think that would have been better there's so much better. Been yeah. better now again I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a hater like I, I went and I had mm. fun I willingly chose to see this movie oh I am a Doubt. hater I just mean I'm not an FF7 <laughs> hater uh uh yeah it's it was it was an experience i'm glad that i went um it's just it was really fun i mean seeing like the fight scene at the end of it was was great there's a like a rock version of one winged angel that is that plays which is which is great to hear um 
it's funny yeah, too, we were it's, talking it's funny too that this has become like like you, you mentioned like uh women bringing their non-gamer boyfriends in yeah like it's interesting. that was my that was my uh, observation of of the room it just seems like the girls are really into it and a lot of dudes who are just like huh because i feel like that's what's happened it's like video games like they were you know it was always like oh this is this is for boys or whatever and like yeah. or not that was the impression that i think people got and then like right. but now like it's so fully flipped where like women are such a, a force in games now that like i love the idea of bringing jock boyfriends to the to the to, to the Final yeah. Fantasy VII cutscene yeah. movie. Uh, for being being a, a Final Fantasy fan since I was little, I, I, my impression from the internet has always been that the the greater part of the the fandom, I guess, were, were women. Um, where because you know the boys were playing fucking Madden on PS2, they were playing GTA, they playing GTA, you know? they were, yeah, 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 they were playing stuff like that. So, um, but I wanted to get sensitive with my pretty boys. You know what I mean? So, I do. I under, understand um, completely. Oh, just sweeping generalizations left and right, but. Sure. Um, I was telling Steve, my you know friend who I went with, um, they're they're going to be playing the Phantom Menace in a couple months, and I he was like, I don't want to watch that movie, and I was like, how about we just get tickets and then we just show up like an hour late so we don't have to watch the pod racing or any people love the pod racing. I don't really give a shit give a shit about the pod racing. Just show up for the duel of the fates. I'll pay eighteen dollars to see that on the big screen. Just to again. see that, just to see that one section. I forgot. I was yeah. going to say like if you show up an hour late, you'll miss duel of the fates. But no, I forgot about like that whole pod racing thing it's, that happens. It's, at the dude, beginning it's of that such movie. a long movie. Yeah, that um, is such a. I bought it on VHS and it was the first DVD I ever bought, but I got it on VHS. And was just always so annoyed because I as a, I was like nine. Was like I just would tapes. fast forward to the good parts. I'd be fast forwarding until I saw a lightsaber show up on screen and then I'd hit play. God. I didn't want didn't want to watch the Trade Federation people. You know what I mean? The Nemoidians. You know what I mean? Oh my god! The I was uh I started rewatching the Clone Wars again. It's just something to kind of like chemo watch in the background. Are the Nemoidians as racist in yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, they, they they don't like anybody. Um, but it's, it's funny well, because oh, I mean like I mean uh, they are. They as racist caricatures as they were um, in the movies. They're just like they're. George Lucas does this thing where he makes awful racist characters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're so intense that it almost loops back around to like not being racist it's, anymore. It's, it's just so on the nose. You're like, wait, what? Does he not know he's doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, does he not know? I think they tone a lot of that down for the Clone Wars stuff. Um, yeah. But like Jar Jar is still there and he's still obnoxious. Sure, so, uh, sure. But Autumn would wander in sometimes and like you know some of the, some of the Clone Wars is just literally like people talking at each other with no fighting whatsoever. So it's just like you walk in and you're just like a bunch of weirdo looking dudes all talking gobbly yeah. at each other and you're like what the fuck is this yeah what's going on i did get to the uh, i did get to the father the daughter son thing the, the force trio do you know anything about that mm, mm. yeah, yeah. The, the, only whispers only whispers only whispers yeah well it's, it's a lot more than whispers in the clone wars my friend it's it's there's a, they, 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 go, they go in detail there's like a three episode arc um, but that was wow. that was alluded to at the end of um, Ahsoka, which I don't feel bad for spoiling because if you don't know, like it's literally a character like looks at a mountain and like you're supposed to know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's not like it's it's not like you know they 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 sprung up or anything, but it's definitely like. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to know that from this like fucking animated yeah. cartoon from 2007. I don't know what the future of um, Star Wars uh, TV shows look like, but do you think that they're ever going to branch out and and just do stuff that doesn't have to fit in anywhere or you think they're just going to keep sticking with this, this main timeline stuff they they've have d- they've done the legacy that, like, i think they call it legacy or lead or they, there's they, all the like they did they do those animated things where it's just like uh, well, no, that i know i know i would just love like a, a show on the scale of mandalorian actually i want what the mandalorian seemed like when it when it first started which is nothing to do with connected the to anything yeah. yeah yeah which again i mean I, when i saw luke 
show up in that, I nearly shit myself. I, yeah, I'm yeah. that fanboy who gets excited. Um, I'm a fan, but and I, I like do, to be serviced, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's, but I, and I keep wanting to watch the new shows, and you know, I like I say this every time. I go in and out of phases with Star Wars, but eventually I'm going to watch it all. But I wish that I could sometimes just hop into the newest thing without having to oh, that, go back and and watch everything. And I, but I, I'm also the person who wants to watch everything. So you know what I mean? Like it's um, Andor is your answer they, yeah i need to watch andor yeah that's, they, 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 they i hear but nothing but amazing it's things. fake i mean it, it's it's re- obviously related to the movie rogue one because it t- features and the i love rogue one so yeah. i'm good there. um and then they, they do tie in some stuff um but i mean it's it's some of the most like star wars shit like rebels fighting spy organization kind of fucking stuff you'll ever it's some of the best stuff that, that they've ever done in star wars it's a miracle is that it it's before or made. after andor because i don't remember what happens at the or not andor uh it's before. It before after rogue because yeah, at the okay. end of rogue one that everybody makes dies that makes sense. that's right that's right that's right. <laughs> they, they, that's right they explode that planet with the death I was, thinking, I was like did they just kill the main girl did he get away no no okay. no, 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 no no everybody <laughs> dies at the end of it uh, no, there's that rogue scene one. with fucking vader coming in yeah, oh yeah 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 um one of the one of the, another very cool scene that was almost not in that movie because uh, wow. I, I was I read an interview or watched an interview with the, one of the writers and he was like yeah yeah that, that came so much later than anything else we were just trying to figure out like a good stinger and then we came up with this idea and it just worked so. it's a it's such a fan service moment but I think they around that time were doing a really good job of making Vader seem super menacing and like evil again um, where you know we we humanized him with Anakin I mean we tried to uh, they tried to. Uh, but between that and the Star Wars game, what was it? Jedi Survivor, the mm-hmm. one before that. Um, when Vader, spoilers, when Vader shows up in that game, and you just have to like run from him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's uh, Mr. X in Resident Evil. You just have to flee just from have him. To leave. Yeah, that's very. And he's just good. crushing shit around. I really like that. Uh, it just because it made him seem like the big bad. It was like you can't fuck with this guy. You need to get get away from him. Um, which is, I think, it's a really cool way to handle him, considering he's one of the most iconic characters of all time yeah yeah it's better than like having to i guess what's the word i'm looking for like treat like anything that you do with vader i think nowadays like will just like bring his reputation down at this point Mm -hmm. you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like the more you the more you know about vader like the less cool he is in the original trilogy of movies like right like that's how it works with literally anything anything yeah you can't you can't tell us too much you fight him another spoiler you fight him in the next jedi game that's true which was an awesome moment don't get me wrong but I think it was better when you just had to like run from him, and he he was, he was just too much. Yeah, yeah, I agree totally. Um, it, it, I don't know, man. Star Wars is so weird. Like Ahsoka is so mm-hmm. up its own ass and tries to tie into all of this other stuff and does does kind of a terrible job with it. And I don't know. Like I'm rewatching some Marvel movies, and I'm just kind of skimming through watching like the main Avengers ones, like the big ones, mm-hmm. and then like some that I just haven't watched a whole lot. And so, uh, you know, it's and it's basically like you're smashing your action figures together. Like those are what those yeah, movies kind of yeah. are at its core. But like, there's also like character and plot and like, it's fun when other people, sh- it's like, it's fun when you see Falcon in the Ant-Man movie. Like when he pops up, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I know that guy. He's, he's from those yeah, movies. Yeah. Um, and they do such a better job of it because they just show up and like, they say some witty lines and then they fight and then they leave for it versus something like Ahsoka, which was like, I don't know. Like I wanted it to be so much better than it was. Like it just, fe- just felt like, and it's so weird because it was who is the main dude doing everything nowadays with the cowboy hat? Um, Filone, Dave, da- Filone? D- Dave Filoni, yeah. There we go. Um, Filoni like created that character basically. It's been his baby for years and years and years, decades even. And I feel like he had such creative control over this, and it did not feel like ah- Ahsoka was in this at all. <laughs> like it yeah. felt like just yeah. a, just such a bland char- representation huh. of the character. It's so annoying. They've gone too far. They got to they got to rein it in. They got to pull it back. Yeah, exactly. They got to rein it back. I wish. Um, um, 
I don't know. Uh, they're they're leading up to a movie. I don't know if you know this, but like the all of the like the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and whatever other TV series there is are all leading up into a movie. With oh, I did the, not know that. That's gonna have like that's gonna be like the Thrawn movie, I think. Um, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that'll that'll be interesting, and I'll, I'll be curious. I remember it, them saying something about Ray coming back, um, but I don't know if that was. Just, I don't know, man. I don't. I can't imagine. I don't feel like nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah, they've you know, uh, Taika Watiti has a Star Wars movie thing that he's doing, which is mm. not supposed to be set in like existing Star Wars stuff, but also like that. Um, I don't know how you say like that, Rian's name that that dude his his name he's he supposedly had like a whole trilogy that he was doing that was not going to be like tied to it but then it was going to be tied to it so i, I don't know they haven't announced any of that stuff yet so i'm kind of game of thrones dudes were supposed to uh have a their i mean this is so that's just dead and gone so long ago oh, but yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. blowing it that hard you had a start you quit game or you rushed through game of thrones because you got the opportunity to work on a star wars show and then you just fucked up both you just lost both you just fucked it up but you just fucked it up so badly um yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, anyway, um, but I didn't know that about the movie. That's that'll be interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of interesting. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to all that stuff. Having seen all of that stuff, I haven't watched the Bad Batch yet. Um, that, that that I wasn't really a fan after the first season. So it's just like, oh, there's some clones and they're doing some clone stuff with a little girl. I guess. Okay, cool. Mm. Oh, they use uh, they use Thrawn in what Rebels. Yeah, yeah, he's a major antagonist in Rebels, and that's why he's. I gotta watch that. I love. I just love him, big Thrawn guy. I'm oh, not you, like I'm not like his fan. I just think he's a great character. <laughs> dude, they, he, I mean, when he shows up in Ahsoka, it's fucking it's dope as hell. Like, I'm, that, that's probably the best part of that show is like they're, the way that they, yeah. they they did a Thrawn, and it's I think it's the same. Like, I think they got the voice actor from Rebels. Oh, nice, to nice. play the guy in in the live action, which is always good, and he yeah. fucking kills it. I don't I actually I don't know if that's 100 percent true. I'm like 90 percent sure of that. Um, but like it, he fucking just absolutely kills it. Like, no question. Hell yeah! It's funny that original Thrawn trilogy. In my mind, there's so much of him, but really, it's just running around with with Luke clones and and what's her name, Mara Jade, trying to murder Luke and like yeah, ha- Han and Leia are off on like diplomatic missions, and then like twelve pages each book, he gets Thrawn talking about art and then destroying a planet. It's um, and he's very much like that in the in the in the Ahsoka too, where he's like, we must study <laughs> our enemy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. Uh, while you, while you were at the gym, I studied the blade, you know, or whatever. Chris, it's getting long enough since I've played Baldur's Gate three that I think I just need to mm. restart my game again. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. This will be like the fourth time that I've started this game, but like I was thinking about it, just... I don't remember where I am. I don't. I don't. Right. And then I started a new video game today that I'm just just delighted with. It's called SteamWorld Heist. Uh, somehow I missed it, even though I don't. Know, are you familiar with SteamWorld games at all? It sounds. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they so they made SteamWorld Dig, which was like you're, you're you know kind of like a. I guess a Terraria type game where you're like mm. digging through sand to mine stuff, but it's got this overarching plot. Um, they just came out with SteamWorld Build, I think is the name, which is like their SimCity mm-hmm. clone, mm-hmm. Um, and it's all got the similar theming with like, which is which is like Western steampunk, I guess, where like everybody's robots and you're set in the, like the West. SteamWorld Heist is like it's. Uh, old west in space kind of vibe um and interesting and what you do it's got an overarching plot but like you recruit a, gr- a group of people uh you equip them with items and then like every you have these individual missions where you are raiding spaceships and basically just stealing all of their shit and then leaving 
Oh, <laughs> and it's so, and it's so much fun. Like I'm having like the, <laughs> the missions are like maybe like ten or fifteen minutes each. Like they they haven't really been particularly difficult. I'm playing on kind of a casual difficulty, um, and you can change the difficulty per mission. So like if you wanted to replay oh, a mission nice. at higher difficulty, you can just do that and get like extra experience or whatever, um, or you're trying to get those three stars on each mission or, or what have mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm it's been it's been very very good so far. Hell yeah. I'm not I'm gonna be playing basically nothing. I'm just gonna be wasting time until FF seven comes out next week. You're not so. even gonna start anything. Uh, yeah, it's like what's the point? I'll probably, I'll just be fiddling around, wasting time on games I've already played. Um we'll see. I don't even know. I don't even, that's all I that's all I want to do right now is play that. When did when does it come out? Are you close? Uh at the time of this recording. It's four days away. Oh, well yeah, then you have no you have no no question then, right? Like that you yeah. Just, yeah. 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 I'm locked in. You're locked in. Um I was going to tell you something. Now I forgot what it was. I don't remember anything anymore. Gaming? You were going to talk about Baldur's Gate. No, I just wanted to tell you that I'm probably going to have to restart that game before. I mean, I... I've done that many times, and I don't I don't regret it. But you've already also finished the game. Like I think that's the that's difference. True. That's, that is true. <laughs> On Valentine's Day, they added a new kisses, Jeremy. New kisses. I saw that. I did new see new kisses. kisses. <laughs> yeah. Very excited about new kisses. That's what it's all about. Smooches. Smooch you know, also some bug fixes. Some bug men? I wish no bug fixes. <laughs> no, not, not bug men, unfortunately. No. Um, we could just talk about X Files too. I'm, I'm ready. I suppose. All right, let's do it. 